Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by Mr. Bo Brock here on a Tuesday. And Bo, got a very special guest joining us from Pro Football Focus. That's right. Sam Monson's going to join us in just a bit. He's going to break down the Arizona Cardinals offseason. He already did a full breakdown of all 32 teams grading their offseason. And you know what? I don't seem to disagree with Sam's take on the Cardinals. He gave him kind of a, what was it, a C as far as the uh, traditional grading scale. Something You're talking offseason, not just the draft. Right. And I'm accustomed yeah. to kind of seeing that that letter as well. C's get degrees. And uh, Sam Monson, he right pretty there. much saying the Cardinals were a team that they didn't they didn't decline by a lot, but also you know where where can you point to and say hey they got significantly better in this area and, and the DeAndre Hopkins suspension certainly kind of uh, hampers them improving at wide receiver for the first six weeks of the season. Do we count the Hollywood Brown trade as a draft move or a free agent move? I think that's what kind of sways my opinion of it, because I agree with it. I, I think mm-hmm. their draft was B plus A minus if you include Hollywood Brown and then what they did in the month of March, I think left a lot of us scratching our head. A lot of us frustrated who host the daily podcast wanting <laughs> some juicy free agent signings and we didn't get those. So you couple an A minus with maybe a D plus March and you get somewhere around C, C plus. Uh, I would agree with that. I, I would also recommend everybody during the NBA playoff action, tap into the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets if they do, even though the Suns are done. That doesn't mean you have to be on DraftKings. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout right now. All customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25. If one leg doesn't hit, it's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook 21 and over. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook 
for more details. Well, if you had to bet, Mr. Bobrock, on Sam's opinion of the Cardinals over-under for this fall being, I think, yeah. at roughly eight and a half now, what do you think he would say? I think he's probably in the group that this team is still a playoff team. And I think you have to get to that magic number nine with the uneven amount of games now, 17. I think that probably gets you a ticket to the dance for the most part, unless there's you know some lopsided divisions and there's a couple teams with double-digit wins. But I think nine, I think that's a, that's a pretty good bet for this Arizona Cardinals team. As we looked at this schedule already, they have seven games where they're favored in. They're just going to go into the season as of right now what we know from this offseason is that they're going to be favored in seven games. So that means there's 10 games that they're not going to be favored in. And yep. I think that there's there's a couple coin flip situations. You've got some situations where the Arizona Cardinals, much like last year, are going to surprise some folks as far as how competitive they are because they have that ace up their sleeve. His name is Kyler Murray, who can put you to compete with anybody. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Niners are favored over the Arizona Cardinals in Week 11 on the, in a neutral site in Mexico, which I think is pretty absurd considering they don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Well, it's one of the things I'm going to ask Sam about is just the the gross love affair, not by necessarily <laughs> PFF, by the national media right. with San Francisco. And and listen, I know they, you know, somehow inexplicably made a run to the NFC title game. We're a quarter away from getting to the Super Bowl. But I also think, to your point, Bo, total unknown at quarterback. I think they had some injury luck last year, guys who are, you know, typically on the shelf with injury concerns like a Nick Bosa, like a Debo Samuel did not miss time last year. By the way, Trey Lance missed time right after his one start against Arizona, that loss um, in the Valley in Glendale early in the season. So uh, that doesn't surprise me, though. They were everybody's darling last year. The Cardinals have won three of four against San Francisco. I actually think Cliff Kingsbury matches up really well against Kyle Shanahan. I think he knows a lot schematically what he likes to do and cliff does a nice job you know those are the games where, where cliff gets more physical than we give him credit for and then it's the games against detroit and indy and seattle at the end of the year where you're just kind of scratching your head you wish he would bring that same game plan uh that he does against san francisco twice a year because even dating back to 2019 Bo and the matchups between the two teams they've always been competitive there has not mm -hmm. been one lopsided affair even though the Niners went to the Super Bowl during Cliff and Kyler's rookie season, that I feel like, man, that was just a completely one-sided affair, you know, favoriting the Niners. Right. And I think what Cliff knows is that he's got to have his team ready to play, that they're going to have to match up the, the physicality that San Francisco likes to bring week, week in and week out. And that game where Colt McCoy started in Santa Clara last year, if you look at the tape, the Arizona Cardinals were the way more physical team. And anytime yeah. that you have that and you're more talented, you're probably going to come out with a lopsided victory. And that's certainly one of the reasons they had it. And then it also, they they were more physical, but also at the end of the day with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray kind of putting uh, the Cardinals ahead at home earlier in the season. And that one Trey Lance start, you know, they were able to be physical, kind of the defense held serve. And then that offense came through at the end. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think like it is interesting to think that Cliff Kingsbury for all the shitty takes you know, he's a guy that uh, I think he matches up with old Kyle Shanahan as, as well. But at the, on the other side of things, old Sean McVay is still his daddy. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. But, you know, you look at the landscape in the NFL. I saw a, a statistic the other day. I think that the Jets have gone two years without winning a divisional game 
Can you believe that? They have not won an AFC East game since 2019. Think about that for a second. And, and people like to bang on Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff has improved every year in the division. The first year, I think he won one or two games. Uh, then it was three and three or two and four. And then last year it was four and two and started off, yeah. of course, four and oh in the division. I, I feel like if you're Michael Bidwell and you're thinking about, oh, am, am I investing in the right person? Well, we know two of the three coaches have infinite um, you know, flexibility and support from the front office, meaning Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. And Pete Carroll is a legend in Seattle. We feel like if they somehow are competitive this year, he'll be back. So if, if you could fire Cliff Kingsbury tomorrow and bring in somebody who maybe appeases the fan base or has a better winning percentage, you don't know how that person is going to do against the gauntlet of the NFC West. And they look at Cliff from a you know 1,000, 3,000 foot view and say, mm-hmm. you've improved every year from a win-loss perspective. And you keep us competitive in a division outside of the L.A. game. And I'll right. admit to that. Um, but they did win that first game in L.A. And maybe Cliff takes another stride. But be yeah. anxious to see what our guest thinks about this. And speaking of our guest, we have lead NFL analyst from Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson, joining the program. Sam, how are you? Thanks for jumping on with us. Good. No problem. How are you guys? We're doing great, man. Thanks for taking some time, hanging out with us. Uh, of course, Pro Football Focus, you can check it out, pff.com. We were just talking about your article that you just dropped, grading all 32 teams, given the Arizona Cardinals. I think a fair grade because, as you pointed out, you know they didn't get much better, but they also didn't decline as much. Just evaluating this offseason, and Johnny and I are already kind of talked about Hollywood Brown. How do you evaluate the addition of Hollywood Brown and him rejoining Kyler Murray, his college teammate in the desert, and really going to be his wide receiver one for the first six weeks. Yeah, I think it's a pretty exciting addition. Um, it's tough to kind of separate it from that DeAndre Hopkins suspension. I wonder like how much one precipitated the other. You know, how much the news that they were going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for a while meant that they they needed to do something, right? Because Hopkins is so important to that offense as that number one receiver, and without him. Um, and without, you know, Christian Kirk having departed, it would have been an iffy looking receiving core for those first six weeks if they didn't have an alternative plan. So you bring in a guy like Marquise Brown. I think there's a chance that he's a much better receiver in Arizona than he's been so far for the Baltimore Ravens. I think this offense suits him a lot better. Obviously, you've got the connection with Kyla Murray there already. You've also got the fact that Kyla Murray stylistically, I think, is a quarterback that suits that kind of receiver better. You know, before Murray got got hurt last season, he was leading the NFL in big-time throw rate and big-time throws, period. Like, he pushes the ball down the field. He can target a speed receiver, a guy that can take the top off a of defense. And that's why Christian Kirk was – you know, uh, such an attractive receiver in the offseason because of the year that he just had within this kind of offense. So I'd be pretty excited that Marquise Brown looks like a much better player for the Cardinals than he was for the Ravens. You mentioned in your article, Sam, about the addition of Trey McBride and how we all feel like that's kind of the gem of this draft class, considering the Cardinals did not have a first round pick. What have you seen from him? that can elevate this Arizona Cardinal offense, considering you already have Zach Ertz, you've got Max Williams, who I know you're high on. They've got a stable now of quality tight ends to pair with Kyler Murray. But McBride in particular, you know, early 20s, somebody who was uber productive at Colorado State, 
a real receiving threat via the draft at the tight end position the Cardinals just haven't had historically. Yeah, and, you know, McBride, one of the fascinating things about him is a lot of the times you see tight ends and they come out of an offense and they've been a big part of it, but they're not the number one guy. Like, Trey McBride was basically the Colorado State offense at times. They had games where he had almost all of the passing yards. If they did anything good, it was Trey McBride getting the ball. So teams knew that's who you had to cover. They knew that Trey McBride was the guy you had to stop. And if you did, this Colorado State offense had virtually no other passing uh, threats, and they still weren't able to stop him. Like He was still productive despite that kind of target on his back. So I think he's an exciting guy to, to bring in. Like the, you, know, the, you need a, to be an absolute superstar kind of freak athlete to be an elite high first round pick as a tight end. You look at a guy like Kyle Pitts last year, like Pitts isn't even a tight end, really. He's been a functionally number one wide receiver. He's playing X receiver for the Falcons for most of his rookie year. McBride is where you end up a lot of the times getting these kind of steel tight ends who are just really good all around um, players that win as a receiver that can do some blocking and for some reason are valued, you know, to go in the second round. Um, so, yeah, I think getting a guy like McBride is is great value for Arizona where they got him. I think, unfortunately, for Max Williams, it probably kind of spells the end of him being a, a kind of significant part in this offense um, if the knee injury didn't do that already. But McBride and, and Zach Ertz is a, a really intriguing and potentially potent duo at that position for them. Make sure to follow Sam on Twitter, PFF underscore Sam. Check out his podcast, the PFF NFL podcast. And is that the strength for the Arizona Cardinals, surprisingly? I mean, after all the years of futility at the tight end position, like Johnny and I were like high-fiving that the fact that they just, they they invest in the position. They traded the the late-round pick for Zach Ertz. He comes in and performs. They give him the deal this offseason. They, tr- they draft McBride. Is Do you view that as maybe the Arizona Cardinals' biggest strength uh, going yeah. into the 2022 season? I think it's certainly become, you know, one of their biggest strengths, definitely. Like Max Williams had kind of shown that he could be a legit um, number one tight end within this offense, finally was getting a bit of a role as a receiver, as opposed to just being that blocking back, goes down with the knee injury, they end up uh, bringing in Zach Ertz to replace what they lost, and then Zach Ertz shows that he's still got plenty left in the gas tank. You, you can bring back uh, Max Williams because it didn't cost very much, and then you add Trey McBride on top of that, and all of a sudden... There is just this embarrassment of riches, and all three of those guys can do a little bit of everything in this offense. Um, Ertz, the best, like the the most sort of um, receiver slanted of the group, the one that isn't necessarily the the best blocker. Trey McBride will probably take a little bit of time to be the NFL blocker that he can be just because of the way that works. It's a bit of a transition these days from college to the NFL, but those that's going to be three guys that can all – be significant parts of this offense and do a little bit of everything. And that that's valuable. So we talked about a strength in the tight end position seemingly overnight. Let's talk about some of the weaknesses proposed uh, by pro football focus with the Arizona Cardinal team that, that Bo and I do not argue the fact that you lost Chandler Jones. And to this point, you haven't really made a significant effort in the free agent pool to replace him. Now they took two developmental pass rushers in the third round that, that we're high on, but that's, you know, a ways away and expecting anything from them. Would you say that edge rusher right now is the biggest concern for this team or is it somewhere else? Edge rusher is certainly one of them. Um, you, you could really use a season of healthy JJ Watt at this point, right? With that, which has obviously been 
more and more difficult over the last few years to find like what phenomenal player still an incredible player when he's healthy but it does seem that now injuries are more inevitable whereas before they were you know unlucky or or you just caught one every now and again Arizona right now without Chandler Jones like if they don't get a healthy JJ Watt for the full season there's just a real absence of pass rush there. Marcus Golden will bring you, you know, something. He'll probably bring you 40 pressures a year, something like that. But J.J. Watt is the guy that can double that number, that can add 80 pressures by himself, that can be a one-man um, pass rush at times. And if that's not there, then, yeah, you're going to need, like, a developmental guy or a young guy or somebody that's not sort of anticipated to get a lot of pressure one of those guys really needs to hit the ground running and be a surprise year one otherwise a lot of things start to unravel the pass rush just isn't there that makes life harder for everybody trying to cover on the back end and you know the whole thing just kind of snowballs it's like what we witnessed at the end of last season really i mean we saw this defense coming out of the gates strong and then once robert alford got hurt jj watt of course his arm exploded and he ends up coming back for that wild card game, Sam, but he wasn't the same. And it's just like you, most opposing offenses could kind of impose their will on them any way they, they chose. Um, you know, when you look at the young players that they brought in, the Cameron Thomas from San Diego State, you got Majai Sanders from Cincinnati. Any of those guys stand out to you as potential? Like if they're in a rotational pass rush, could they pick up, you know, and get somewhat of the job done to supplement the pass rush post Chandler Jones? I think they could. I, I like both those players. Um, Cameron Thomas was a guy that graded really well at PFF. Um, you know, you, you wonder what kind of uh, player he is, whether he has the sort of the personality to come out there and just be a dominant force day one. But he was a productive guy and could definitely be part of that rotation and make an impact. Um, Ajay Sanders, same thing, like a different type of player, obviously a much more undersized guy. And, and he's got to battle that aspect of things whether he can still be productive or whether he can be productive at that size at the nfl level but those are two guys that you absolutely roll the dice on in mid rounds and and see what they can do at the next level there's definitely a chance that either one if not both of them works out but expecting that to happen year one i think is a bit of a, a stretch uh, Sam, winding the clocks back to 2019, one of my favorite things was post-draft pro football focus graded the 2019 Arizona Cardinal draft as, as the best in the NFL. Of course, a lot of that being Kyler Murray first overall. But they had two other picks that are ending pivotal seasons, uh, expiring contracts, if you will, and cornerback Byron Murphy and then defensive lineman Zach Allen. You look at both of those players and, and the rest of that draft class, unfortunately, did not pan out when you talk about the Andy Isabellas or the Hakeem Butlers. Between Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, is there is there somebody that you think could pop between those two guys and parlay that into a future deal? I think Byron Murphy has become a good player since he moved to the slot. You know, I think he's found his role there as in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure it was going to work out for him if he'd stayed outside full time and he was asked to be that kind of corner. Um, but in the slot, I think he's become a good player for this team and, and definitely worthy of a second contract. I think Zach Allen, it's a little bit more of an uphill battle and we haven't really seen him find his role at this level. Um, but yeah, I, I think Murphy's sort of turned it around after initial struggles. You view this Arizona Cardinals team as a playoff team right now? Yeah, I think they should be. I mean, this is, it was a playoff team last year. Things, if you look at this on a macro level and you just kind of looked at where they were when this regime took over and what's happened each year since, they've taken a big step in the right direction every single year. It's just that it ends 
miserably every single time. And it, when you talk about it in the offseason, it never feels like yeah. that, right? We were always talking about the Cardinals and, you know, how things are in decline, how it's going wrong and how it's not working. But if you just kind of look, took, took a step back and said, right, this is how it's ended. And this is how it's been every year. You'd say they're moving in the right direction. Now, they need to figure out why it tails off at the end of every season and stop that happening. Because at this point, when you expect to be a playoff team, you can't be playing your worst football at the end of the season because then you're going to be one and done every year and you're not going to make any kind of run. And you stop taking those steps forward because there's just nowhere else to go unless you're winning games at the end of the year. But in overall terms, like this is a good team. I think they did enough this offseason that they didn't take big steps back. And in the NFC in particular, they should be chasing a playoff spot. Sam, we'll wrap it up with this. Kyler Murray supposedly looking at a mega contract in the coming weeks, the coming months. We both feel like it's well-earned, $40-plus million. Folks at Pro Football Focus, you you mentioned it, leads the NFL in big-time throws, that being Kyler Murray. What's your take on that? Is it a mistake to go over $40 million for Kyler Murray? Is it par for the course when you want a top five to seven quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray is the next monster contract that's coming up, right? He's going to get the next Josh Allen deal, the next whatever market-setting contract that that comes up. And I think the only, the only thing stalling it right now is just timing. Like, Arizona yeah. doesn't want to give him it now, right? They want to give him it um, n- n- in the future after he yeah. he plays a little bit more. And, our, and Kyler Murray's camp wants the money right now. But that's the tension with these guys that you know – as soon as you get, as soon as you hit on a quarterback and you get a guy that can be your future, that can be the star going forward, he's going to want that contract as fast as humanly possible. And NFL teams, you've seen how it can go either way, right? You can, you give them the deal as early as possible. You get ahead of the curve in terms of value, like Carson Wentz. But then if it doesn't go well, if it unspools quickly, now you're stuck with this contract that you've got to try and get rid of. So we've seen the plus side of it. With from the team perspective of you, you give it to a guy like Carson Wentz or Jared Goff, and almost immediately you're you're um, regretting that contract. <clears throat> and we've seen the other end of it, which is you you drag it on for as long as possible, and you end up in the Dak Prescott situation where eventually you probably have to give him more money than you wanted to pay him in the first place because the value just keeps going up, right? The the asking price doesn't go down unless you get a Baker Mayfield situation where all of a sudden you, you don't want to give him the contract at all. Um, so ultimately I think both sides are aligned on the idea that Kyla Murray wants the long-term contract. Kyla Murray should get the long-term contract and they're probably aligned on where it's going to be in terms of money. It's just a timing issue in my eyes The Arizona just doesn't want to do that right this second. And obviously Kyla Murray's camp does. Really incredible work over at PFF.com, Sam Monson. I do have to ask you this, because anytime the Arizona Cardinals, they, they sign a free agent, they make a trade, we go to the site, we check out the grades, what's their PFF grade? Do you ever apply that to anything else in your life, like going to restaurants? Do you Have have you created your own PFF restaurant grading system or movie system? Or does, it, does it go anywhere beyond football? No, we're, we're branching into other sports right now as part of PFF, okay. but I think the moment that starts to happen in my brain is the moment where we, we've got we've to start having a conversation and go, go somewhere else. <laughs> well, great to catch up with you. It's the first time we had you on the show. we got to have you on the show in the future. Big, uh, big thank you to you. Let's get this guy to 100,000 followers. PFF underscore Sam. Listen to the podcast. Watch it on YouTube. Subscribe as well. Sam Monson, thank you so much, man. Thank you, Sam. Have a good, guys. Take it easy.
Incredible stuff from Sam. I do want to mention with all the fun events going on right now, Johnny, let's go and be as safe as possible. We're safe, COVID guys. Yeah, absolutely. COVID-19 vaccines are for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also eligible for the booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine. Also, OGs, OGs, OGs brands are new partner pumped to tell you about them if you haven't heard about ogs they're a you know edibles not a one-size-fits-all product which is why ogs is proud to offer a wide range of products for all demographics and preferences their motto is flavoring life and that's something we can all get behind let's get tropical the tropical fruit flavors they include guava strawberry kiwi raspberry orange pina colada and of course their orms orange cream sickle gummies they're not your tropical flavor but man are they absolutely legit you got to check them out. OG seeks to focus on life's moments. You want to, you know, make a, a moment better? Pop in an OGs. You want to learn more about OGs? You got to do it just by going to their website, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OGs near you. Man, Sam was uh, bringing, bringing the heat, bringing the hot fire. Very complimentary of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Mr. Bo Brock. I was, I was surprised how adamant he was that, he, he thought the Cardinals were a playoff team because I I don't know. You're on the Twitter streets a lot and you and you listen to some of the national pundits and it's like third in their own division. Right. They're, they're not the Rams. They're not the Niners. They lost a bunch of pieces. It was good to see him at least acknowledge what we talked about for many months. Like the NFC is down. That's why, you know, Michael Bidwell hedges his bet with with Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, because like we should not take playoff bursts for granted for this franchise. No, we shouldn't. And and I think when, especially coming off like a loss, like the Phoenix Suns suffered on Sunday night and the Arizona Cardinals, how they went out and how their season ended. And we lose sight of how hard these pro sports leagues are mm-hmm. and how hard it is to make a run to, to, or how hard it is to win 11 games or how hard it is to win 64 games. And yeah. you got to put yourself in the shoes of the other fan base, of the other team. Like, do you think, that the Las Vegas Raiders are pumped that they're facing the Arizona Cardinals for their home opener week no. two of the season. I can't, I can't imagine. So when, when you've got the idea, you've got the threat of Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown coming in and facing that defensive secondary who has, I had to look this up, the Arizona Cardinals in their first six weeks, they might face five of the worst six cornerback rooms in the NFL. So that's got to, if you're Hollywood Brown and you're Kyler Murray, you got to be licking your chops. Like the Chiefs week one, Johnny, Legereus Sneed, and rookie Trent McDuffie. Those aren't those, are those, those aren't real NFL players. You're just making <laughs> names up now. Raiders, they they signed Rocky Sin from the who wasn't who good was, in Indianapolis. Yeah, he wasn't. He was good. okay, a maybe serviceable corner. And yeah. Trayvon Mullen Jr. Rams, of course, you've got Jalen Ramsey. He's automatically going to boost your corner room. And mm-hmm. then they brought back Troy Hill, who's 31, and he's probably out of the league in a year. Dante Jackson. That's going to be that's going to be a Rondell Moore game. I'm predicting it now. Week Hopefully. 3 against the Rams. Rondell Let's Moore. Let's hope game. so. Yeah. Panthers the next week, Dante Jackson and JC Horn who missed his entire rookie season. Eagles have Darius Slay who was very good for them and part of their turnaround last year. But then on the other side they've got Avante Maddox. No idea mm. who that guy is. Nope. And then Seahawks who <laughs> bless their hearts. Sydney Jones and Artie Jones. Artie I mean, Jones. Those are some terrible corners. For as much as people want to dog on the cornerback situation for the Cardinals, Cardinals are at least running it back with two of their three starters from last year, guys who we feel like are ascending with Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy, 
who Sam was very complimentary of. Then you got Jeff Gladney, who was a former first-round pick. Casual NFL fans will know who that is. And then who knows, man? Can we get a James Bradbury signing up in yeah. here? Make a make a strength even stronger. And uh, speaking of adding to the cabinet of of riches here, PHNX Cardinals tomorrow, Mr. Bo Brock, we are welcoming on for the first time, hopefully not the last time, NFL insider extraordinaire. Ian Rappaport will join us live tomorrow, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Myself, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson will pick the brain of one of, if not the most, plugged-in man in the NFL, Bo. If you're telling yourself this is NFL slow season, you're not paying attention. The Arizona Cardinals still have not signed their franchise quarterback to an extension. We're going to get the latest on Kyler Murray. Plus, look, there's holes still at the pass rush. Melvin Ingram just signed. There's a couple names left out there plus defensive secondary, as Johnny mentioned. Could James Bradbury be a guy that could come to the desert and join this Cardinals team, plus some other potential additions for this team? Ian's got the latest insight. Give me a Bradbury. Give me a Clowney. Give me a PHNX lid right here from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Listen, become a member at gophnx.com. 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent month, or you can pay just under 60 bucks for the entire year. Get a free T-shirt in the process. But regardless, keep it locked in here. PHNX Cardinals. We want to thank Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. Want to make sure everybody be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Follow us at PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. For Bo Brock, at Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We will see you manana.